You are listening to the Unstoppable Mind podcast with your Southwest Virginia realtor, Lauren L. Fitt, episode number six. Good morning, everyone. I hope we are having a good day so far. I am on my way. I'm driving to my chiropractor up in Salem. Uh, they have been so wonderful. I go to New Life Chiropractic and Pediatric Care, I believe is what it's called. Um, Dr. Joe and Dr. Brittany are the owners. They're a married couple with four adorable kids, and they are just the epitome of holistic health. And I've learned a lot from them, and they've really helped me to lower my pain and bring more awareness to my thoughts. So it was really cool to meet people that are kind of, they're, they're my people. They study things that I study. They believe in things I believe in. Um, they believe that your thoughts have the power to change your life. And that is really the basis of my whole podcast. So it's been great to just have those people in my corner who are always there to support me and help me feel better. And it's just been a really wonderful experience. I've been going there for probably about seven months now. I started last summer. So um, anyway, today on the podcast, we are going to talk about things that we should stop saying if we want to improve our lives or feel better about our lives or just feel better in general. Um, these things we're going to talk about are just not helpful. They're not positive. They don't bring a good result. Uh, they don't make us feel good. They don't make others around us feel good. So the thoughts that we think every day are programmed into our brain. The thoughts that we think most often and that we've thought maybe for all of our lives are going to be the ones that are hardest to change and the ones that we think most unconsciously. So we think about it without even realizing. And our thoughts are recycled. So the more we think something, the more we believe it, the more we think it. So it's kind of, it's a cycle. And once you bring awareness to that cycle, you have the option to choose, does this thought serve me? Do I believe it's true? Do I want to believe it's true? Is it something that I want to continue thinking? And what's so amazing about this is when you start asking yourself questions about your thoughts or hard questions about what you really believe and what you want to believe, you might surprise yourself in what you want to stop thinking and what you want to choose to believe instead, whether it be for your happiness or whatever your reason is, you get to decide. But just bringing awareness to what's going on in our brains so that we can then ask questions about it is going to be step one. Just bring awareness, then decide if you want to keep those thoughts. So jumping right in, the first thing, number one, that we should stop saying is must be nice. And the reason that I have this on here, somebody had recently messaged me on Facebook about a listing I had. It was a high dollar listing and they said, must be nice to have that kind of money. And it's a, it's a phrase that has always bothered me. And even more so now, even more so recently, because I truly believe that we are in control of our lives. The results in our lives are a direct reflection 
of the thoughts we think about ourselves, about our lives, about our careers. And for someone to say it must be nice to have that kind of money, to me, says a lot of things about the person who said it. It says that they don't believe they will ever have that kind of money. It says that whoever has that kind of money must have just gotten lucky. I think it takes the the grit and the hustle and the hard work away from anyone who has made that kind of money. And yes, some people are just born into it. Some people inherit it. It doesn't really matter. But But to say that, personally, I don't think it feels good at all. Like when I look at somebody's life or look at something that someone has that I don't have and that maybe I want, and I say, must be nice. I immediately put myself in this, like it, I, I shrink. It feels like I put myself in this lower level. Like somehow they're better than me. Somehow they attain something that I'll never be able to attain. And it must be nice. But I don't believe any of that's true. If I'm looking at someone and admiring what they have, I want to know how to get it. I'm going to ask them questions about what choices in life led them to that point and how I could duplicate that in my life, in my own version, and my own roadmap to do what they've done or to have what they have. And I think it speaks volumes about the person that has that kind of money because I can almost guarantee you they have read a ton of books. They have researched so many things. They've probably had the most amazing conversations with people. I mean, that's one of the biggest things to growing a business or getting out of your comfort zone or making friends, making connections. It's just talking to people, having conversations. So number one, we need to stop saying it must be nice. Number two is I'll try You either do or you do not. There is no try. Many of us have heard that before. And I think it's so true. I think if there's something that we want to do, there's no need for us to say that we will try. It's implied that we're going to try. We want to do it. But when you say, I'll try, you're leaving room for failure. You're leaving room for doubt. You're saying out loud that it, it might not happen. And honestly, there's no upside to believing that. If instead we just say, I will, or I'm working on it, or anything other than I'll try, it gives us so much more power. It dramatically increases the likelihood that that thing's actually going to happen because we've removed the doubt. We've said out loud, it's going to get done. I will do it rather than I'll try. I'll try. Basically, it sounds like it's not a priority at all. I'll try to make it. Okay, sounds like you have something better to do at that time. So number two, let's remove I'll try from our vocabulary. Number three, I hope. This is a tricky one because it sounds really nice. It sounds really sweet. It sounds innocent. It sounds hopeful, which a lot of us uh, kind of identify hopeful with like a positive or uplifting feeling. But let's actually break down the word hope. When you say, I hope this happens, it's very similar to saying, I'll try. You're leaving room for doubt and there's just no upside to doing that. So let's say 
I'll use myself for an example. I'm a realtor. If I go into a listing appointment and I'm like, oh, I hope I get the listing. What I'm saying is there's a chance I might get this listing. I hope that it happens. Like it's somehow out of my hands. But if I walk, before I walk into a listing, if I'm like, I am so pumped about this listing appointment, I'm going to get this listing. Think about how differently I'll show up to that listing appointment with the attitude of, I'm so excited for this. I'm going to get signatures on a listing agreement today. I'm going to show up in a very confident way. I'm going to provide a lot of knowledge and value to the people that I'm with because I want that listing. Versus if I start with, I hope I get this. I immediately go in again, inferior. I go in with doubt. I go in with this idea that it's completely out of my hands, whether I get this listing or not. And I'm going to show up completely different if I believe that it's out of my hands. And I know I'm, I'm talking about a lot of concepts that I have studied and written about and talked about for years and years. And they're not, they're not extremely basic concepts that you can just kind of hear and say, yeah, I get that. So I'm very excited for this podcast because I'll get to explain all of these concepts in depth over the next, you know, four or 500 episodes. But um, I really just want to get out content immediately that I think will just help people in their everyday lives. Just bring awareness to their thoughts. Notice what they're saying. Are they saying it must be nice and I'll try and I'll hope the majority of the days. And even if you don't fully understand what I'm saying or even don't fully agree with what I'm saying, I hope that you can take what I'm trying to teach and make it your own and take what you think is really true about it and expedite it from there. Always, I always try and put my own spin on everything because you can't, now I'm going on a tangent, but I listen to so many different people and they're all so different. They talk about different things. They have different backgrounds. They have different personalities. And I get to pick up a little bit of lessons from all of them, whether it's a podcast or somebody I work with or whatever, a research article. But I always try to actually think about and digest the information that I'm listening to or reading because just because somebody's put it out there for the world to read doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's true and it doesn't mean that it's something I want to believe. So when I read or listen to something that I find really powerful, I always try to take some time to digest it. Like, is this what I actually believe? And what does that mean about me in my life? Is there something that I need to change because of this new belief or because of what I've just learned? And that's my hope for the listeners on here. I hope that I'm presenting something new that you've never really thought about or digested before. And hopefully if you take the time to do that outside of listening, it will have a really profound effect on your life. That's my goal. Um, okay. So I think that we were on, <laughs> I'm done with my tangent. I think number three was, I hope again, something like this sounds so uplifting and sounds so innocent and nice. And when you really think about the way that you feel when you're like, Oh, I hope this happens, or I hope that they're okay. It honestly, it kind of makes me feel bad. It makes me feel sad. It makes me feel scared. Like, I think I associate hope with fear. Whereas if you can just be so self-assured about something, and if you can just believe a hundred percent, you feel so good about it. You feel better. And you have to know that it's going to happen. Whatever it is that you're quote unquote hoping for. 
Because what's the downside to believing? To walking into a listing appointment and knowing I'm going to come out with a signed listing agreement. There's no downside because even if it doesn't happen, I showed up at 110% because I believed the whole time that it was going to happen. There's no downside to that versus going in having doubts and showing up at 75% of myself because I'm nervous and scared about what they think about me. And I'm just praying that I get this listing. I'm going to show up not at 110%. You can't even show up at 100% when you're nervous and self-conscious. You just can't. You don't show up as your best self. There's no downside to just believing it will happen. Number four, complaining in any capacity. Now, this one, I want to break down a little bit. I do think sometimes we need to vent and complain just to get it out and kind of just like dump out whatever we're feeling, whatever negative emotions are holding us down, whatever we want to complain about. Sometimes it can be very helpful just to let it out. But there's some caveats to that. If we're going to be complaining and venting, especially if there's another person involved, we're venting to someone, I think it's actually really important to give yourself a time limit. And that'll be different for everyone. You might want to give yourself an hour to just vent and complain. You might want to give yourself three minutes. The length of time is completely arbitrary. You decide what's best for you. But when you give yourself 10 minutes to just vent and complain about something that's going on, and at the end of 10 minutes, you never complain about it again, you only focus on solutions, your life will get so much better. You're going to get to access parts of your brain that are meant to find solutions and not find problems. When we complain, our brain's doing what it does best. It's finding problems. And the reason it's finding problems is to avoid danger and keep us alive and do its primary job. But when we're constantly searching for problems, we, a lot of things happen. Our life starts to not go the way we want it to go. We always seem to be unhappy in all these different circumstances in life. Even when we change circumstances, we're only happy for a little bit and then we're back to complaining. We're back to being unhappy. Complaining doesn't help us solve anything. And like I said earlier, sometimes we just need to get it out. We just need to vent. But what always needs to come after that is the solution. What can I do differently so this doesn't happen again? What can I do differently when this happens again so that I don't feel so frustrated? And just taking a look at yourself kind of from a third person point of view, like you're, you're, observing what happened, you're observing your feelings, you're observing your brain when you're feeling that way and making kind of a, an outside higher judgment about how you want to move forward, what you want to do the next time this happens, how you want to handle it, how you want to feel. And the truth is you get to decide. You're not a victim to your feelings. You're not a victim to your brain. And number five is actually about victimhood. So this is going to lead right into it. Um, You just have to be willing to put in a little bit of effort, just a tiny bit of effort into realizing what you're thinking about and deciding to change it if it doesn't serve you. One of my favorite examples of not complaining, um, if anybody follows CrossFit or the CrossFit games or you know any big like CrossFit athletes, Katrin David's daughter trains with Ben Bergeron. 
And Ben Bergeron has uh, a podcast called Chasing Excellence with another big CrossFit. I think he's a CrossFit announcer. And their podcast is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. If you like what I'm talking about on here, Chasing Excellence is a great one. Um, A lot of it's about fitness and CrossFit too, but just about mindset and achieving happiness and striving to just be better every day. That's what their podcast is about. And it's great. But Ben Bergeron has a rule for his athletes. He has a couple games athletes that he trains. And it's, it's, as far as I know, his one and only rule, and it's never complain. And he is so extreme and so serious about it. When they, when his athletes step outside, let's say it's 40 degrees, he considers it complaining to say out loud that it's cold. You're not just making an observation. You're attaching a feeling to it. You're attaching, it has a, there's a connotation that comes with saying out loud, it's cold. And it's really not just an observation. It is a complaint. And so I just love hearing him or Katrin talk about that rule, the no complaining rule and what it's done for Katrin in her life. I mean, it in, I think the course of a year of training with Ben, she was able to go from having an extremely weak mind and kind of being a weak competitor because of it. She had the physical capacity. She did not have the mental capacity to win the CrossFit games. And after a year of training with Ben and just not complaining, when you don't leave room for complaints in your brain, you're forced to find solutions. You're forced to find the positive. You're forced to be grateful and appreciate what's around you because there is no complaining. What else are you going to what else are you going to talk about? What could you possibly think about if there's no room for complaints? So anyway, definitely check out Ben Bergeron Chasing Excellence podcast. Um, he, he talks about so many great things. But number four, complaining in any capacity is what we're going to stop doing. And number five is being in a place of victimhood. And I want to be really sensitive here because you never know somebody's story. You never know what they've been through, what they've endured, what they've seen, what kind of abuse they might have suffered. So when I say that we need to stop putting ourselves in victimhood or in victim mode, I am not at all taking away from anyone's story. I think I've heard a lot of really, really incredibly sad stories. And so many people go through things in life that change them forever and that do make them feel like a victim. But what I want to say here is I believe your story is true. I believe that you suffered a great deal of pain. You might be traumatized from whatever's happened to you. And for some other people, they may not have experienced anything traumatic, but they are still a victim of their own life. They're constantly complaining. They think their life is happening to them. They think their life is outside their control. Victimhood can be a really broad spectrum from really serious cases to very light cases. And I just want to say that feeling like a victim, being a victim, is always a choice. And deciding to stop being a victim doesn't change your story. It doesn't change what happened. It doesn't make it any less true, but it can allow you 
to move on with your life and do what you are truly capable of and do what you truly want to do despite going through what you've gone through. And there was one podcast, I want to say, I'm almost positive it was Ed Milet. He was interviewing a full body, third degree burn victim. This man got burned when I think he was maybe eight years old, burned head to toe. And he, he should have died and he didn't. And he was just talking about his story. And it's just a really incredible episode. If any, if any of you are struggling with feeling like a victim or think your case is different, your story is different, you can't move on. That is a phenomenal podcast to listen to um, because it just amplifies that changing your mindset about a situation that's happened to you doesn't make it any less true, but you can take all the power back. You don't have to be powerless. You don't have to be a victim no matter what's happened. And I think it sometimes can be helpful too, to know that there's somebody out there. There's somebody out there who has been through worse, who has had it harder who has seen more trials and tribulations and heartbreak than you have, and they've achieved great success and they are extremely happy and they are pursuing their life to the fullest despite everything that's happened to them. And if that's true, then what's your excuse? I think that's really powerful to think about. Somebody out there has it worse, had it worse, will have it worse, but somehow they've still been able to achieve happiness and great success and true joy in their life. And I think if you can believe that's true, no matter what you've been through, it might inspire you to take the first step to moving forward and stop feeling like a victim. Because the thing about victimhood is we feel completely powerless. There's no power in our hands when we are the victim and there's a villain out there. And it doesn't really matter who the villain is. A lot of people make their parents the villain. You know, they blame, they blame all their current adult problems on their childhood experience, and it's their parents' fault. And again, there's extreme cases, and there's very, very light cases. But even in all of the cases, even if it's all true, even if you experienced great trauma, how does that help you now? How does it help you to stay stuck in victimhood, to feel like a victim and not move on from what happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago? How is, how is it serving you now? And I think if you can ask yourself these really tough questions and spend some time thinking about it and be honest with yourself, you might be really surprised what comes up. So those are the five things that we are going to stop saying We're going to stop saying it must be nice. I'll try. I hope we're going to stop complaining and we're going to stop playing the victim in our own lives. I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast here. It's one of my longer ones. I also forgot to say, I realize episodes two through five have terrible sound quality. I don't know what the difference is between recording with my AirPods in on my phone versus my AirPods in on my computer, but I won't make that mistake again, and I hope that this sound quality is much, much better than the last few episodes. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.